Welcome back to Pew Pew Panel. Ava Flannell here, and I have little Miss Peach sitting on my lap. If you guys can't see our YouTube video, well, I have my dog Peaches on my lap, and her name's Peaches because, well, she looks like a little peach. She has little peaches, and uh, and she's orange, and she's just being so cute right now. Oh, yeah, and then, of course, there's Dalen as well, and he's from Civilian Tactical. Yeah, I'm here to, uh, if anybody's wondering, another descriptor of Peach that Ava gave me earlier was that she looks like Dobby, and after you said it, I couldn't unhear it, <laughs> Ava, so. Ah, I know, she's like the most awkward-looking dog, and she always looks really concerned, and her eyebrows are hilarious. And she's um, very anxious and concerned about you. Yes. It uh, just makes her even more like a house elf. Absolutely. Anytime I yawn or sneeze, she freaks out, and so hopefully that doesn't happen on the podcast, but yeah, she she cracks me up. Um, if this is actually a reminder, if you guys don't have an animal like a dog or a cat and you can, you know, you, your lifestyle allows you to have one, definitely get one. They make the world of difference. And yeah, that's my, I have, I have two children and that's, that's quite enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any kids. So, all right. Uh, before we start talking about everything is that we have planned for today, I wanted to talk about Stag Arms with you guys real quick. So they have their Project Spectrum, which stands for Special Tactical Rifle Makeup. And essentially, it's like 50 shades of FTE, ODG, and gray. And if you haven't seen these yet, they are gorgeous. So the best way I could describe it is think about the FN Scar and how it has like all the different shades of FTE. That's kind of like this, except they kind of took it a step further and they included some metallic accents such as the trigger guard, the trigger, um, let's see, the charging handle. And of course, it's not it's not the same for everyone. So on the green, it has like a metallic green trigger guard and, uh, and charging handle. And then the FDE is a little bit different. It has a gold trigger. They actually all come with the AR gold trigger. And um, yeah, just, I mean beautiful guns. I have the FDE heading my way, but it was really hard to make that decision because it was like uh, the green one also. And then there's the gray and I don't know. Anyways, great guns. Uh, it comes with the SPB muzzle brake, which I don't have any experience with. Dalen, do you have any experience? I, I don't, but you're going to have to report on how it is because I'm actually pretty interested to hear how it handles and, and how it feels shooting it because that's what's coming on your new gun, right? It is. Yeah. Yep, so I will definitely report back and let you guys know how that muzzle device uh, is. And then also every gun comes with a translucent matching mag, which maybe Lancer makes it. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll find out. And uh, when I get mine, I will definitely update you guys and I'll show it here for anyone who tunes into our YouTube channel. But in the meantime, if you guys want to check out the Spectrum series, head on over to stagarms.com. Now, Ava, that brings us to our Would You Rather segment. Now, this segment, everybody, is actually made by you guys. So you guys send in these ridiculous Would You Rather questions, and we answer them here. Some of them are serious. Like, this first one is is pretty normal. Uh, but we have some crazy ones. So crazy or normal, send them to Pew Pew Panel Podcast. Is it podcast, Ava? Pew Pew Panel Podcast? No. Nope. It's pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Otherwise, that would have just been like way too much typing for them. <laughs> pewpewpanel at gmail.com. And so you guys can send it to pewpewpanel at gmail.com and we'll answer them here. The first question is, 
Would you rather a micro nine millimeter or a full size handgun for carry? Okay, so I'm gonna go with micro nine millimeter because that is what I carry. Um, but keep in mind, I mean the the best gun for self defense is the gun that you're going to have, right? So I'm more likely to carry a micro compact gun as opposed to a full size being kind of small framed, which Dalen, I'm sure you can agree. Not, I mean, you can relate. <laughs> just, just kidding. I'm not a tall human being. <laughs> I was like, oh man, you're turning red right now. Um, but being like a smaller person, it is a little bit difficult to carry a full size gun. But I do know a lot of people, specifically, you know, bigger men that do carry full size, and like that's awesome. You have the mag capacity. You're going to have a little bit less recoil. You probably have a better grip on the gun because it's a little bit bigger, especially if you have bigger hands. Uh, but for me, it's not necessarily an issue. Um, and then as far as mag capacity goes, I mean, nowadays, they've come out with so many great micro compact pistols. And I think it's kind of safe to say that Sig Sauer sort of set the stage for that when they came out with their P365. And then it kind of upped the ante for all these other manufacturers to kind of you know, feel the pressure of like creating something that was similar with, you know, a similar mag capacity yet, you know, a much smaller frame. So at this point, I wouldn't say you're gaining that much more of an advantage by having a full size gun. But I will say that when it comes to home defense, I do have full size guns throughout my house for self defense. I like that. Uh, you said full size guns that just I, I, in my mind, I'm imagining you have one behind the pillow cushions, yes. and it's going for one behind, one in the bathroom, in the back of the toilet tank. You know, I think you, you sound like well, you're already there. Okay, so I do a three story house, and I've told my students this all the time. Like, you never know what room you're going to be in. Everyone always has their gun typically in their bedroom, but maybe I'm in the basement. Somebody breaks in on the first floor. My gun's on the second. So I think if you can afford to do so and you do it safely, it's smart to have a gun at least on every level, if not mul multiple guns. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we do the same. And I mean, we have to have them secured. Um, but yeah, we actually do that as well. Uh, it's a, definitely a good practice. Okay, so I want to know, what would you choose? Yeah. Um, I mean, I carry a, a Micro 9 right now, but like if it's, you know, if I if it could only be one gun for the rest of my life, I mean, it comes down to, and I've heard you say it before, it's like, what are you actually going to carry? Yeah. And I'm actually going to carry a Micro 9, like a, a full-size gun would just be too big. Though I love shooting them, like, it's, they're easier to, easier to shoot for sure. Uh, but if you practice with that Micro 9, you'll be able to, you'll be able to work it just as good as a full-size, and it all comes down to practice, I think. So, um, yeah, I'd say Micro 9. If you're going to carry it, you're going to be more protected. So that's what it would be for me. Okay. And then that also goes for home defense. I uh, sort of went off. I went off on a little bit of a tangent and added yeah. that extra. Yeah. Well, 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 you're talking about full-size guns for self-defense. And I've heard um, Mr. Guns and Gear when he was shooting the Canik SFX Rival and Steel Frame. He loved mm -hmm. it so much. He's like, I'm going to think about using this for my home defense gun. Um, and that's, that's awesome. If it's a gun that I shoot a lot, um, it's, it's a tempting, it's a tempting offer, but I think I would stick with my micro in the house only because it's what I'm practiced with. Mm -hmm. And I like to be comfortable with what I'm shooting. I, I know I've trained more with it. I know I can hit the target better with it than any other gun. I'm used to the trigger. 
Um, so I think because I'm practiced with it more, I would say that my micro would honestly be what I use at home. And that is what I, I have. I have identical guns. So you said you have guns on every floor. Mm-hmm. I have identical guns to the same one that I carry in the different places that I have guns uh, because I want to know that I can use it well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's actually really smart. Um, I I think I've just shot so many guns in my life that I can I feel pretty confident that I could pick up any gun and use it well as long as it's reliable. That said, there are some things that I'm very consistent with, such as safety. So I do not like active safeties on my my self-defense guns. If I do have a gun that has an active safety, I leave it off because I just I don't train to deactivate that safety. And chances are I'm going to point, shoot, and it's not going to go off. And um, I'd say that they all kind of have like just very similar functionalities, but they are different brands. So as long as it's reliable, I feel pretty confident using it in any capacity. Totally. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I think that, I think you're right on, right on it there. Um, yeah. It just goes, to, it just depends on your level of experience with different firearms. Can I also just interject real quick and just state how cute Peaches looks right now? Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's just so consent. I know. Well, we had some salmon for lunch, and I gave her a little of salmon, so I think she's just really consent right now. <laughs> I feel like I feel that way if I had, had a good time. <laughs> All right. What is the next question? The next question is, would you rather a pistol caliber carbine or a 5.7 handgun as your truck gun? So, so reactionary gun, you either get... You know, a pistol caliber, but in a rifle platform, or a five-seven handgun, known to punch a little bit more. Okay, and we're going to assume that the PCC is a nine millimeter. Yeah, let's just assume it's nine or forty or just something pretty basic. Nothing, nothing fancy. Okay. Um. So, I know five-seven is kind of all the rage in recent years. A lot of manufacturers have come out with guns that are chambered in five-seven. And I think it's great to say because for the longest time I used to say, you know, when, you know, zombie apocalypse happens or just something crazy happens, uh, for the longest time, the FNP90 was like my go-to gun. And it's the, is it the PS90 or the P90? I always get them confused, but whatever the semi-auto, the the semi-auto one is, I don't have the full auto one, but I liked it because it it held 50 rounds of 5.7. So it's a, a decent caliber. It is lightweight. The caliber because you also have to think i know people that just like hoard all this ammo i mean myself included i do have an ammo sponsor but we hoard ammo but like when the end of the world's coming how much ammo are we able to carry so five seven's kind of nice because you can hold so many more rounds it's smaller yet it has quite the punch but with that said i've talked to a lot of law enforcement you know personalities and They've said that, like, honestly, ballistically, 5.7 doesn't do much. I personally have not tested this myself or really looked into it. So it does kind of make you wonder how effective it is. Um, well, I've, I've heard you can get, so for the 5.7, it's, like, really dependent on the ammo. Um, I heard the black tip is almost impossible to find, but it will punch through soft body armor like butter, but you can't just expect your average... Um, your average bullet to punch through. In fact, I was watching a test and it was uh, James Reeves had done a test where he, they were doing a burn down of, uh, of a Palmetto uh, 5.7 handgun and he mm-hmm. tested against soft body armor and it 
punched through with one, but it didn't punch through with the other, depending on the manufacturer. His AAC punched through, but the Federal didn't punch through. And so it kind of just depends. It's like right on the precipice of like what can punch through the soft body armor mm -hmm. and depending on the round that you have in there. Okay, so I just want to know, um, before we talk about that, are we going to just include James Reeves in every one of our episodes because we included him in the last episode or including him in this episode? And, like, I don't mind, you know, I don't dislike the guy. I just want to, you know, mentally set myself up for this. So uh, I promise it won't happen again, and it may happen more than once in every episode. I mean, clearly you have a, a fanboy crush, and it's okay. But yeah. yeah, I've never I've never met James Reeves, but I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Amazing videos. That's... And he he just does good tests like stuff that we legitimately have questions about, like that five seven test, some other stuff. But burn downs of shotguns, like legitimately useful information. So yeah, it, it will pop up again. Interesting. So I didn't know that you haven't met him. So this would actually be a really good time to talk about Rainier Arms Trigger Con that's coming up in September, which you're going to I'll be there. But also James Reeves going to be there, and I feel like we need to. I think we need to pack a few sharpies for you so that he can sign his name on whatever you want. My and forehead, get it tattooed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past you, and uh, yeah, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up James, and I'm gonna be like, "Hey, your biggest fan's going to be there, so you might want to bring security." <laughs> he is their highlighted influencer. So if you guys are going to be close to TriggerCon, definitely go. We're going to be there. Um, he'll be there. There'll be some other people there. There's going to be a lot of really cool people there. I'm excited. It's, so this is your first time going. I went last year. Um, they used to have it in Seattle, but now it takes place in Kansas. And it is taking place in uh, Wichita, Kansas, which I am embarrassed to even admit that I thought it was Wichita. Don't really want to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's really embarrassing. Um, but anyways, it is taking place in uh, Wichita, Kansas, September, I believe, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. The first two days are going to be like expo days where there's going to be a ton of manufacturers displaying a bunch of guns. So it's like a mini shot show. And then um, the third day, uh, the public and you and I were able to go out on the range and shoot all of those guns. Lots of fun. If you guys want to sign up, you need a ticket. So head on over to, I think it's TriggerCon.com. But Trigger does not have an E. So T-R-I-G-G-R-C-O-N.com or just Google it and use the code GUNFUNNY. I don't know what that gets you, uh, but go ahead and use it and definitely sign up for it. And like I said, we will be there all three days. So it should be a lot of fun. And that is end of September. That's going to be okay. really exciting. But okay, I so I know. Got to the juicy details. Would you rather the PCC or the 5.7 if you had to pick it for your truck gun? So, and I'm imagining like this is reactionary. Like there's a problem happening and you want something better than just like what you already have. Yeah. Okay. So with that said... I would probably pick the PCC because figure, okay, if this is reactionary, something just happened, your adrenaline is probably rushing, you're in danger, you may not be as, you know, like, you you know, you ever like run a million miles and then have to shoot, you're kind of like moving all over the place or if you're under pressure and, you know, so I would say that it would be beneficial to have something that you can shoulder to shoot because you're probably going to be a little more accurate. Yeah, no, that's a fair, um, that's a fair pick and for me i think i think i would go with the five seven i would want to pick my ammo carefully 
And I just like to have that extra power. I mean, of course, uh, AR something two two three would be like the best option. But if you had to pick between a PCC and a five seven handgun, I think I would go the five seven route. Um, downsides are the stopping power in the five seven. It's a little bit more zippy, and if you're puncturing armor, you're really leaving small holes. So, you know, you don't really have that going for you. And if you're really up against a threat with body armor, there's a lot more that you can shoot than just the body armor. If you did have a PCC, you can just, oh, look, they're wearing body armor, you know. So if it was some sort of situation like that. But I I think I would pick the 5.7. I haven't shot 5.7. I want to get more experience with it. I have more 5.7 coming up in my life um, in in coming weeks. But I think I would pick five seven just based off of what I've seen in the tests that people have been doing. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Also, going back to the black tip ammo. So um, when Smith and Wesson sent me their new five seven pistol, they sent a few rounds from FN, I believe, and it was black tip. But it, it was almost like a Palmer. But I remember it being super pointy, like kind of sharp, where it was kind of unpleasant to even like load the mag because it was like so like prickly. Um, is that the black tip ammo that you're talking about or so I think there's there's sort of like two different types you can get like polymer especially for hunting uh-huh you'll find the 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 polymer tip black tip and in those situations usually that polymer tip is meant to get shoved into the cartridge and it forces expansion of the bullet uh, from what I know again neither of us are experts you guys so if you ever hear us going off on some yeah. technical thing that's wrong let us know um and then we learn more and maybe we'll even, we could bring it up in our question segment. Like, hey guys, we said this. It's kind of like, you know, the newspaper where it's like, we had to make some corrections because some keyboard warrior decided to tell us that we were wrong. But we won't actually be mad because we'll actually be pretty thankful that we learned we'll, something. We'll be mad. We just will pretend we're not mad at all. No, yeah. excuse me. But yeah, definitely <laughs> tell us. And, and the, the email is pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Um, so just let us know there. But when it comes to the polymer ver- black tip versus the regular black tip, black tip penetrators are have a tungsten core inside. So they're not meant to expand at all. They're meant to go just through things. And so if you have that tungsten core, the idea is it will just go through everything like butter. But for the 5.7, it's nearly impossible to find them. Like you almost can't. Um, mm. So the polymer is for meant for expansion. The black tip is... For the penetrators, just meant to go through things. So there's kind of a little bit of a difference there when it comes to the type of ammo that you're shooting. Okay, perfect. All right, so last question. I'll read it since, you know, I don't want to make you do all the work. In a SHTF scenario, which we all know what that means, would you prefer 300 blackout or 762 by 39? Yeah, so when the crap hits the fan, um, I there there's a lot of capability in the 300 blackout uh, the main issue with it i would say is like the availability i mean the 300 blackout is going to be in your ar platform so you're probably going to be more familiar shooting it you um it's kind of like if you get like some really cool defensive hollow points and stuff like that those are more common in the 300 blackout mm-hmm. but i think i would go 762 by 39 in case people are wondering that's the ak-47 cartridge just because of availability and it's been cheap before it's not cheap now but it has been so i feel like if there's stockpiles people have them trading would be easy enough with it so i would go the route of the uh the 7.62 hmm that's actually a really good point and 
yeah, as far as like the price goes, it used to be super inexpensive. Uh, about the, I mean, yeah, it was, I don't know, how much was it? Like maybe like 20 something, maybe 20 cents around or something like that. Now it's like almost the same as 223, which is like 50 to 60 cents around. Um, and that's because they stopped the importation of uh, Russian imports. But um, a lot of, ammo companies within the U.S. have kind of stepped up their game and they're making a lot more 762 by 39 There's also a lot of new factories that have opened up like AAC, which is uh, Palmetto State Armory's ammo. And I think they were primarily concentrating on 762 by 39 uh, when they first started. So that will hopefully like get that price back down to what we're used to. Um, as far as ballistics, though, I don't know a lot about ballistics with either one. I know that 300 Blackout was created to, I think it kind of gave it an advantage over like 223 ammo, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the reason why it came out. Again, we're not experts, and I will always tell you when I, I don't know something, I have no problem, um, you know, admitting to that. Um with that said, though, I think I'm going to have to agree with you and go with the 762 by 39. Yeah, no, and and that's that's very fair. There's definitely advantage 300 blackout suppressed. Like you want special ops, like you oh, yeah. in there, and it's going to run a short barrel. It's going to it ballistically like it can do all this and all that. But the 762 by 39 just is more common. Yeah. So that brings us to our mail call, um, Ava. You mentioned something that you got, and I wanted to wanted to hear it from you. I don't know if it's something you've used before or if it's something you still have yet to test out. So I have not yet tested it out, although maybe when this video comes out, uh, the podcast comes out, that I will have tested it. But I know that you've tested it because I've mentioned this company to you before. So it is... Ta-da! Okay, so it's Excess Sites um, Inline site pusher and i don't know about you but changing out sites anytime a company is like hey do you want to try out our new sites i'm like yeah i do but do i want to go through the hassle of you know trying to change them out where you need like a special tool or you have to use a gunsmith and or i on it on the side of your desk like i do yeah yeah and then and then it usually doesn't you know look so good you have little like See? little yeah, yeah. It's just, it's such a mess. So um, XS, they sent me this along with some of their newer sites that just came out. And I'm really excited for this. I think that this is actually a really good tool if it works well. But Dalen, you were saying that this is, you've used this before and you were a fan, correct? Yeah, I never haven't used it in one of my guns, but I was at NRA and they had the display there and they're just like waved me over and I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go again. Another one of these things. <laughs> uh, it's actually really easy. Like, really really easy they've they've done a really clever design on it so you can just kind of spin it and it kind of pushes that site out and it helps you pop the next one in without like any banging whatsoever so i was pretty impressed with it again it's not one that i own mm -hmm. but i thought it was pretty cool and the best part is so it's 150 dollars, which seems expensive but if you think about the cost of a gunsmith and if you're having more than you know one or like more than one site um switched out i mean over time it's going to add up and um from my from my understanding this device was designed by gunsmiths obviously for the public to use so yeah i would say you know especially if this is something that you're going to do regularly where 
maybe you're a Glock fan, but you don't like those basic white sights that Glocks come with, and you want to add maybe even a different uh, front sight to kind of break it up a little bit, this might be something that you want to invest in. I be- So I think the website is XS Sites, and it's literally the letters X. X is an X-ray, S is in Sam, sites.com. And if anybody wants to send anything interesting, let us know in our email, pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Uh, we always love opening up boxes of cool things, and we love showing them off to everybody. Um, it's like Christmas, I feel like, every day when some little thing comes in the mail, so that's right. cool. For me, my most recent mail call, the most I wouldn't say it's the most recent thing I picked up, but it's something that's been really cool. Let me Let me pick this up, and I'll explain it for people who are listening. So this is on top of, it's essentially mounted onto an AR-15. We've got the Leopold Mark V. And this is like an optic, not new. It's been around for quite a while. Um, But I am, I've been pretty impressed with this. It's, It's like when I'm buying optics, I don't even look in this price range. This is more of the premium price range for optics. And I never really understood why there was a more premium price range for optics. And I got shooting this Leopold Mark V, and I started to realize why people need this, especially for... I mean, this is used from everything from hunting to range to just to put on your battle rifle or to take with you into the woods. And it's known to be pretty dang durable, too. So I, I don't know. I've been pretty impressed with it, with the clarity of the glass and the quality and the ta- like. It's it's one of those optics that you can feel it click, and you never accidentally over adjust it. You know exactly what you're doing when you're moving the turrets. So I don't know. I've been pretty impressed with it. Of course, it came with the Leopold um, mount, and I don't know. I've had some trouble with some cheaper mounts. So I know. It's nice to just have a good set of rings that doesn't move on you or shift or get loose so yeah it's been pretty nice to me that's actually one thing i never understood was a lot of these optics why don't they already come with the optic mount because some people will spend so much money on their glass but then go kind of cheap on the mount but the mount is like just as important in my opinion especially if it's cheap and it's just gonna like not hold that zero and kind of move around and stuff i mean you wouldn't think that it would really move around but it kind of does on some of the cheaper ones um and then i also i have experience with that optic the first time that i ever shot a uh the q um the q rifle the fix i believe that that optic was on there and it's it's a good okay. quality optic i don't always like it's pretty but... solid it's pretty solid i feel like i could like bash zombies over the head and you know it would still be yeah it's pretty hefty <laughs> for when you run out of ammo which probably won't happen if we're being honest. <laughs> All right. So next, uh, listener questions. So somebody has a question for me. It says, Ava, what type of firearm training do you do? And what did you guys do? Oh, I'm sorry. So these are two different questions, but I might as well just say, uh, so for me, what type of firearm training do you do? And then for both of us, what did you guys do before you uh, got into guns? So to answer your question, as far as what kind of training I do, I mostly concentrate on basic pistol and concealed carry just because those are the most um, like sought out classes 
where people, unfortunately, most people only take about one or two classes in their life and they don't continue their education after that. And so um, the classes that are most in demand are basic pistol or concealed carry, depending if you live in one of the states that is not constitutional carry or doesn't restrict you from having a concealed carry permit, you typically would have to take a class and then apply for your concealed carry permit. So I teach the two classes that you know, are always going to fill up. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be people that are paying to take the class as opposed to even an intermediate pistol class, which I taught about a month ago, and it did not fill up, which is kind of rare because a lot of my classes will fill up typically about two months in advance. So, um, but I, I really enjoy it. I only started shooting my, I only started shooting, I guess, 11 years ago. And so... I guess now it's becoming quite a while, but for the longest time, I mean, not having that much experience and not, you know, being a beginner not too long ago, it definitely helped for me to become a better instructor because there was things that I couldn't do that I thought that you would need hand strength or upper body strength for racking the slide, loading the magazine. And over time, you realize more than anything, it's more technique. And, um, and then I also, I kind of had like this fear of guns, like anytime I'd hold one in my hand, I'd get nervous. And so when students come into my class and they're just like, I'm just really nervous and, you know, I mean, I'm glad I'm taking the class, but I'm just, uh, like, un I feel uneasy. I can completely relate to that because that's exactly how I felt. And I think telling them that, that I was in their shoes not too long ago and then seeing where I am now, I think even that's kind of comforting for the student. And if anybody is interested in taking any of my classes, I do typically only teach in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I am willing to travel, but lately with my schedule, it's just so hard to travel and do classes. Um, but you, a lot of people. Yeah, but you could always you could always check out my website. It's elitefiremsandtraining.com. And then what's your opinion on when it comes to states that have constitutional carry and when it comes to new shooters and carrying a firearm, What, where do you lie on getting official training if it's not uh, legally required? That's a really good question. So I am in favor of constitutional carry because I think that it is our right. We should not have to ask the government or pay a fee in order to protect ourselves outside our home. But with that said, the only thing that makes me a little uneasy is just knowing that now because it's not a requirement for people to get an education, there's a lot of people running around that may not have the best education on how to use guns or even how to use it safely. And even, you know, taking my classes, for example, there's students that come into my class and the first thing they do is their fingers on the trigger, they're pointing at themselves, everyone in the classroom and you would think that it would just be common sense, like, hey, this tr the gun's not going to go off unless you pull that trigger, so maybe don't keep your finger on the trigger, or the gun's not going to hurt anybody unless you point it at somebody when it goes off. But again, that's not necessarily common sense. So I would say at the very least, if they are going to have constitutional carry states, I think they should bring back teaching, you know, teaching uh, students in school and in, in high school middle or high school, the very, you know, basics of safety. That would be the dream. That would I know. Be awesome. that, because cause not because it's not like everybody's going to own a firearm and it's not teaching everybody to own a firearm, but it's like inevitably they're going to come across a firearm in their life and just like basic first aid is sort of yeah. kind of 
the way that I would place that. Um, yeah. But yeah, in in my in my opinion, my the the way that I think about it is it depends on how quickly you get into guns and how quickly you want to carry. For example, I was into guns for quite a while before I started to carry. And I'd practiced a lot. I'd taken it to the range, taken my guns to the range, and I was pretty familiar with firearms, and I'd watched enough videos that was essentially like doing those courses many times over, I'm sure. Um, So I got into it really slowly, and I would say, yeah, if you are really, really familiar with firearms, firearms safety, and you're getting into it slowly, like no problem whatsoever. If you're in a constitutional carry, you're probably going to be just fine just to start carrying, following all the rules and the instruction you've learned. But if you're getting into it quick because you feel like, yeah, I just want something to protect myself, 100%. Like if my wife were to concealed carry, um, I would, in fact, she's, we're prepping that right now. She's going to be taking a course because she's going to be getting into it a lot faster as, uh, you know, maybe not as much of an enthusiast as I am. And so she's going to go take that course. And I would highly recommend that for anybody with less experience as well. Yeah, definitely. Well said. And I guess that leads us to our second question. By the way, these listener questions are submitted by you guys. So make sure to ask your questions at pewpewpanel at gmail.com. And that'll help us have more questions for the next episodes. And then you guys will be able to get the answers you're looking for. The next question is, what did you guys do before guns? So for me, I've only been doing YouTube for, I think I'm coming up on a year next month. And... I wasn't doing it full-time either. I was doing it for a few months before I switched to, to doing YouTube full-time, and I actually did marketing. So if you look at my YouTube channel, it's all short-form video, 60-second, and that's what I've been doing for brands for the past two or three years. And I used to just help brands make short-form video, whatever it was about, about banking, about crypto, about uh, e-bikes, about candy, like literally whatever the company was, I would help them with their short-form video, and I was like, eh, I like guns. Let's have short form videos about guns. And uh, so that's sort of how I got started doing this. And uh, yeah, that's sort of what I was doing before. I mean, I guess I'm still doing marketing, like showing off guns and showing people about things and being the influencer, quote unquote, as crazy <laughs> as it sounds. But it's I guess it's all just in brand awareness and marketing. I haven't really changed much, except that I'm doing something a lot cooler now, which is guns. Right. That's awesome. I didn't realize that you made videos. I just thought that you did like other forms of marketing. Yeah, short form video. Well, I um, before this, I was living in New York City, working for the New York Yankees. And I started off in sales and then worked my way up to legal and finance. And if you told me back then that I would be doing this, I was raised around guns. My parents owned a gun store, a gun range. But I just never had any interest in doing anything with guns honestly I thought like as soon as I turned 18 I left I went to college in New York City and I I definitely sometimes wonder what my life would have been like if I stayed and what I would have ended up doing I always saw myself as like being like CEO of a big company or something Um, and now I'm CEO of Ava Flanell Productions so yeah there's that I got that working for me Uh, it's uh, better let's be honest yeah I mean you know and my only coworker is Peaches, and she doesn't really talk that much, so it's kind of beneficial. I don't, I don't dislike. Yeah, I don't dislike my coworkers. We all get along in here. There's not a lot of, you know. <laughs> You're not that boss to Peaches, though. Well, I mean, I just gave her salmon, so oh, okay. it probably, yeah, it probably equals out. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I mean, it's kind of cool though, because he, like for the longest time, I thought like most gun owners were like rednecks, like uneducated rednecks. And so it's nice that like now I'm in the gun industry and I don't consider myself a redneck and I'm educated. I mean, I have a degree in English and communications. And if anything, I hope to sort of change the way that the typical gun owner is perceived and looks and hopefully maybe change some minds in the process. All right. So now I think it's time to discuss Manicore Arms. And we do have some cool stuff on the way. Um... I think Sven is actually sending you some slings and he might be sending me a sling as well. Um, and then we, I think I went all in with the slings. I might have like three coming. I was like, I need all of the colors. So I think yeah. I've got a few. Yeah. He definitely has some really cool colors. Um, and then I think he's also giving us some that we can give away to listeners as well. So definitely stay tuned for that, uh, for upcoming details on how you can win a sling as well. But in the meantime, one thing that I wanted to talk about today is the transformer rail, and that is available in 9, 13, and 15 inches. What I love about the transformer rail is it's basically future-proof. So, Dalen, have you ever gotten, you know, let's say you have a handguard and it's uh, key mod. And, you know, key mod's not as popular as it used to be, but all of your accessories are made to only fit key mod. And then as times change, you're like, okay, so now all the new handguards, they're all about M-Lock or Picatinny Rail. And now it's like, how do you attach your favorite accessory? And let's face it, accessories are not inexpensive. So Manicore Arms, what they did is they developed this handguard and you can attach panels to it. And the panels can be M-Lock, Keymod, Picatinny. I was also looking at their website and they have something called frag which i'm not sure what that is exactly uh it looks kind of cool it's kind of like squares um or if you want to be really cool you could also get like a snake skin design or you could even just get a plain panel and have it etched and you know do whatever i mean really the sky is the limit best of all depending on the length of the handguard um, it is going to change in price, but you're looking at about an average of $100 for the handguard, which is pretty affordable considering, you know, a lot of other handguards out there. If you guys want to get yours, head on over to manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code pewpew15, all one word, and that is going to get you 15% off your entire order. I am very excited to try out some of their stuff. Also, we wanted to mention Rainier Arms and their TriggerCon. Ava, could you give us a rundown? You've been to TriggerCon. We actually meant we already mentioned them. <laughs> already came up, but yeah, you've been and I haven't. Yeah, so you are in for a real treat. Um like I said, it's kind of like a mini shot show and if, you know, and obviously shot shows only open to industry people or manufacturers or anybody who works in the industry, um which leaves a lot of the public out and so this is kind of your opportunity to sort of get your feet wet and, you know, meet all of the the people behind each company, check out all of their products. Um, there is a fee in order to attend TriggerCon, but you're able to check everything out, talk to everybody behind those products, and then also uh, test fire the guns. And it's just, it's so incredible. I'm really excited that they're doing it in Wichita this year, which last year, you flew into Wichita, but you had to drive an hour. We were in the middle of nowhere. I literally 
was thinking if my car breaks down and I have to or change a tire or something like that, which I don't know how to do. I'm so screwed. No cell service. Like it was horrible. So I'm really excited that they're doing it in Wichita now. So there's a lot more hotels available uh, for people to stay nearby. And this is definitely something where if you're local, you should attend. Or if you want to fly in for, you know, just the fun event, definitely do so. Best of all, um, if you want to buy your ticket, we do have a code. It's GUNFUNNY, all one word. And you can get your ticket at TriggerCon.com. And TriggerCon, so it's spelled uh, T-R-I-G-G-R-C-O-N. So there's no E in Trigger. Now, I learned a couple things. One, that people need to go to TriggerCon, but also, Ava, that you don't know how to change a tire. So I think we're going to need to turn this into an entire episode, an entire podcast on just how to change a car tire. I think this needs to happen. I know. It's so embarrassing. It's like I can shoot a gun really well, but I can't do some of the basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 have to, we'll have to fix that. But today we're not going to be talking about how to change a tire. The main topic that we want to talk to today is the pros and cons about building your own AR. Um, and there are kind of two sides to this coin. You, there's one option to just go out and you buy your AR or you build it yourself from scratch. So first let's talk about the cons of building your own AR 15. Um, fun story. The first AR 15 I ever owned, I built. So I went straight into the deep end when it came to ARs and I figured, you know, it's just, if I'm gonna. If I'm going to do it, I got to go all the way and I want to know how to repair it if it breaks and all that stuff. And I built the gun and it didn't blow up. So I was to, proud of myself. did it work though the first time? Yeah, it worked pretty well. Um, I did one modification that didn't end up well and that was changing the gas block from an A-frame gas block to a low profile. <laughs> so I had to get some professional help with that, but my local gun store was really nice and they just helped me do it because they're cool guys um and then it ran like a charm after that so there nice. was a little bit of hiccups wasn't 100 smooth sailing but uh it was a ton of fun it was a ton of fun i'm going to totally admit um there's been some errors that i've put together and it just doesn't run it's like jamming i'm like what's going on and it's so frustrating and i will say the biggest con is it's expensive if you think it's going to be cheaper to put the gun together versus buying a complete AR you were so wrong I'm like you the first AR that I ever owned um I put it together and I've said it like in episode one it's actually my favorite gun but then moving forward you know it kind of gets addicting you're like cool what else can I put together and then you just keep buying more and more stuff and it's been a little while actually since I put together an AR since because I got maybe a little bored with it but um it is not inexpensive and even if you're just putting like basic parts, like you're like, okay, you know what? Let's, you know, you have to think about like what's going to be the most important to me. It's uh, a good barrel, a good muzzle brake, a good trigger, um, decent BCG, the buffer and the buffer tube. That's, you know, also important. And so you're like, okay, so maybe I don't, I can get like kind of an inexpensive stock. Maybe the handguard doesn't have to be as nice. Uh, the upper... Even so, I also think that I'm not like a a snob when it comes to lower and upper, like a you know, just a incomplete lower. I have no problem using a um, what is what is that brand that I'm thinking about? Um, it has the horse something manufacturing. Yes. Yes. 
I have no problem using that lower. And I know enough about manufacturing to know that, and I know, I, I think some people are going to like blow their minds when I say this um, or get upset that I'm saying this, but there are only so many companies out there that make certain items. Like there's only so many barrel companies out there. And so chances are like you probably, you know, maybe you spent $100 on this barrel, but then somebody else who does better marketing is selling that exact same barrel at, you know, labeled differently and it's $300. But I also kind of feel the same way about the lower as well. Um, and the upper, I don't necessarily, I'm not picky about like having a matched receiver set. And yeah, so it's like you kind of pick and choose where you can sort of skim on cost. But even if you do, you're still spending so much more than if you were just to buy a basic AR for like $800. And the ones you built, were they, did you build the upper as well? Or was it just the lower? No, I built everything. Okay, because that's where, once you mess with the gas block, like that's where I find all of the, all the issues come into play. Because I built my lower out, popped a upper on it, had no problem. Mm-hmm. But it's once you start like messing with the upper, like that's that's where things get complicated, and that's where things can get kind of tricky. I, I yeah. found at least. Yeah. No, actually, that's a good point. I think that the the one AR that I'm thinking about that didn't go, that wasn't shooting, and you're just like, uh, okay, now I got to play gunsmith and figure out where I went wrong. And I think it actually was the gas tube or the gas block that I was having issues with. This is a yeah. few years ago, but. Yeah, we don't make any mistakes anymore. We're perfect now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, sh- and, and when it comes to like, um, I'll, I'll just cut you off here really quickly. When it comes to like buying a complete gun, like it is so easy. And, and sometimes it, it would be very daunting if like everybody had to build their own gun. Maybe not everybody would get an AR. And it's such a useful gun that like if you don't think you can build it, honestly, don't just get it and if you later get the desire to build it out and customize it that's great but i feel like having something stock is better than not having anything because you're you want to have the perfect gun and it's too much of a project you know so you you know what might be a good idea because the idea of putting together an ar just seemed really intimidating to me and luckily i had a friend at the time who did it and i still to this day don't put an ar together by myself like i still have somebody with me and you know, maybe it is time to learn how to do it by myself. But um, I would highly recommend a lot of ranges will teach like uh, an an AR builder class. And that might be something that people might want to check out to see if, you know, if it's offered locally near. Also with YouTube, the way that it's changing, you can't necessarily just go on YouTube and search how to put together an AR because of their, you know, the the recent guideline changes that they made. So, and that's how I learned a lot of the stuff is like, okay, how to do this, you know, uh, just searching for it on YouTube. So I would say that that's like a really good alternative if you don't have a friend or somebody to walk you through it. Sonoran Desert Institute as well. They're really cool. I, I know they're working on small little things like that, small videos. They do, they help you, help you get a degree in gunsmithing and I know they're working on small courses and I would love to see something like that for the AR-15. I think that would be very cool because, yeah, like you said, uh, tech and media censorship is kind of making it harder to get this information, yeah, um, which isn't fun. So thank you, YouTube, for that. But yeah, you can't always get what you need from YouTube. Now let's jump into the pros of building out an AR. But first, thank you to our sponsor, Nutrient Survival. 
they are the go-to place if you're looking for food storage or just a supply of food in case of an emergency. Uh, they have food that is delicious. I've tried it. It's freeze-dried food, and they focus on nutrition, which is awesome. And it's not going to taste like the Pop-Tarts you get out of an MRE. It's going to be stuff that's actually good for you. You would, Your body would never get tired of it. They have a 30-day emergency food kit, which I highly recommend. It comes in number 10 cans, which is kind of cool. So this isn't going to be something you're going to take camping with you for a day. This is specifically for like an emergency. And the beauty of it, you can do a month at a time. So if you can afford a month now, you can get a month. And when you're ready to be more prepared and have more food, you can always just order the next box. Use code PewPew15 for 15% off. And also thank you to Aura, who is today's sponsor. So we think about our security every day. And obviously, when it comes to your front door, you're not going to leave that unlocked. You're not going to leave it wide open. But sometimes when it comes to our digital security, we're not so conscious of it. So Aura, what they do is they help you secure your digital identity. They help you erase things like your address, your phone number, uh, even like your personal browsing habits from when you're shopping. They prevent that from being sold or traded on different websites and they remove it. So use code civilian tactical to start a 14 day free trial with aura to protect your digital identity. Again, that's civilian tactical, all one word, all lowercase, uh, and that will help let them know that we sent you there and that supports the podcast more than you could know. So definitely check out aura. Hmm. And now Ava, the pros of building a rifle. Well, so one, I'm just going to say that I'm going to check out aura because I think that sounds like a great idea and I don't. I, that's something that I actually didn't really think of to use. So thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, so the pros is that you obviously get to pick out whatever you want. You get to, I mean, every little spring, every little, you know, everything you get to pick out. And that's kind of cool in my opinion, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, something interesting as well is if you are... I mean, if you're going to be building your own rifle, you really get to pick everything from scratch. So, like, let's say you go and you you go and you buy a rifle, um, you get your rifle, and then you remove the grip and you replace it with a new one. Then you remove the handguard and you replace it with a new one, and before you know it, you have like ten parts that you paid twice for. Mm -hmm. So, if you're building your own, you don't have to pay double. You're not going to buy two grips. You're not going to buy two butt stocks. You know, you're not going to buy two buffered. Yeah springs you're only buying one of what you need uh, so that is definitely a pro when it comes to building your own gun when it comes to customization you're only getting one of each part which is really nice that's actually a really good point and i don't know about you but i have a box well i have a few boxes and it's labeled ar parts <laughs> and yep. and it is like it's stuff that I've changed out. It is things that maybe companies sent me where I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a gun to put this on right now. So it goes in the box. I mean, I have so much stuff, so many parts, so many little pins. What do you think, Ava? Do you bet we could do a challenge where we only build a AR with like a lower, a stripped lower and parts from that box? I wonder if it would be possible. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee I could probably build a few guns. Like, Sometimes I think I should just suck it up and like put it together and call it like a Frankenstein gun just with the parts I that I that have. Would be amazing. I would love to see that. That would actually be a really good YouTube video. Like, okay, given just what I have in this box, there was, we didn't even plan anything out. 
and then see if I could, you know, I mean, there might be a few things that I'd have to buy, maybe like a, a detent pin. Cause you know, those things are hard to come by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you could call it the Mad Max gun build. You could you could even do an inventory beforehand, like if you need a barrel. Like, I don't know, yeah. I have a spare barrel, cool. Yeah. And then you just, you know, mix and match, get your parts that you need. I think that would be a ton of fun. But that going off of the, the pros, it's a lot of fun to build. There's so much fun to build ARs. And it can be really frustrating. You mentioned the detent pins. If anyone, yeah. they're like these teeny pins that are pressed down on a spring so that if you let go before you cover it, it disappears. Like, it's gone. It, you, mm-hmm. it, it, there's, like, a dimension for detent pins, and they just vanish into, like, the fourth dimension. Like, you won't find it. So, oh, no. No. I, I found it before when my vacuum, you know, I'm vacuuming. It's like, like, it hits something. And I was like, oh, okay, no. It's not. It's actually not that dramatic. It's just you just hear a little thing, and, you, like, almost like you're vacuuming up a rock, and you're like, I wonder if that was the detent pin. All right, cool, great. Rest in peace. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then uh, last po- like last pro that I want to include is that it just helps you learn so much more about the inner workings of your AR. And I think that I don't know about you, but I love, you know, educating myself and learning more about something, especially if I'm interested in it. Totally. Yeah, it's really nice to be able to you're you're, you're learning about it, but you're also learning to be like more self-reliant when it comes to maintaining your firearm. If you know how to build it from the ground up, cleaning it's not even going to be a question. Like, you won't need to look up a video on how to clean it if you've built it from the ground up. It's going to be so easy. So, yeah, there's definitely that going for it. You're going to know your gun inside and out. And if you had to rip apart another gun to salvage parts for your gun, you would be able to do that no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it definitely takes building a couple because I built my first AR, and I wouldn't say that I knew everything until I'd swapped parts on like a few guns. I'd done it maybe twice and then I kind of felt comfortable. Okay, I could probably do this um, with minimal help from YouTube videos and and tutorials, but it takes a little bit of practice. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on with the rest of the show. So last segment is listener of the week. So if you want to be the listener of the week, all you have to do is leave us a review. It's really easy if you have an iPhone. You just click on the podcast app, search for Pew Pew Panel, scroll down, you'll see where it says reviews, and then leave us a review. But we are going to change it up a little bit. We want to know something about you. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell us what you do or don't like about the show. I promise Daylin won't get too butthurt. I won't cry too much. (laughs) Just when the cameras are off. Yeah, I was like, at least while the cameras are rolling. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we would definitely love to hear from you. So, and then it also helps with the algorithm with us being a new podcast. It's going to help us, you know, uh, appear in people's search results. So we really appreciate that as well. Yeah. Uh, Dalen, do you want to read this one? Yeah, this is from Texas Marksman. He said, I love to hit the range as I'm sure you guys do too. Yes, I can confirm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's not a hard one to say yes to that. I like getting out into nature with my two dogs, Cherry and Kygo. This podcast is great when I'm out and about and just looking for my daily dose of the Second Amendment. Great podcast. Thank you for sending that review. I don't have any dogs that I go out into nature with, but I have two children. And they're just like dogs that are with extra steps. So uh, I can I can uh, 
empathize with that. So thank you for leaving that review. I actually, I'm, I'm just like, wow, what are the chances that we both name our dogs after fruit? I like it. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm wondering, you can send your applications to Ava Fennell at uh, PPC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Single, single mother of peaches. And uh, hopefully that'll change soon. We don't know, but whatever. No, I'm just kidding. And I- um, on that note, I think it's a wrap for the podcast. But thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Ava, for coming, Sue. Um, it's a ton of fun. And Peaches for cameoing yep. in our podcast as always. Peace. I don't know if it's going to be an everyday occurrence, but if we can have her here every time, I'll take it. Uh, so I'm not going to lie. I think her nickname should be Velcro because wherever I'm sitting, that's where she's sitting. She's actually just taking a little nap right now, So, but she's still in my lap. So I have a feeling she's going to make it to every show. Yeah. <laughs> This is where she lives now. But anyways, guys, thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.